All I can say is this has been one unusual week, and in some ways, I'm kind of glad it's over, but there's still a lot of things yet to be done. And I want to thank all of you for your prayers and support. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I know a lot of you that listen, especially on radio, only hear this program on the weekends. I know there are several radio stations that only carry this program one time per week. And I'm truly thankful for the stations that are are giving me the time for this particular program. It means a lot to me. But that means some of you may have missed a few of the things that have gone on in the prior week. Now, many of the regular listeners know that this past week, I had a medical procedure on Tuesday. And I haven't spoken too extensively about it over the past few weeks. I knew that it was coming, and I had no idea of what to expect. Now, just to put this into, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, just going to be real brief here at the beginning. I was getting blood in my urine. And this started a little bit on and off about a year ago. And it got worse, then it got better, then disappeared, got worse, got better, disappeared. And finally, and this is one of the issues you have with today's industrialized medical care, it took forever to finally get in to have them use one of these scopes where they can go up and look inside. And they found tumors. Now, we don't know the, the prognosis. We do not even know the pathology. I won't, I'm not going to know that till sometime this coming week. And so it's the not knowing that's a little unnerving, but I'm recuperating. Got home, felt good. Then I had a lot of tiredness and, you know, dealing with a catheter and, and, and this stuff for several days. But we're doing well. And I just feel encouraged daily in my Lord to continue doing this radio program and and not and not take my eye off the things that need to be done that I've talked about on this program in recent weeks and recent months. We're coming into a time of I think unprecedented opportunity. And even if I have some kind of a medical issue, I'm not going to allow it to completely push me to the side entirely. We'll work around it, and we'll do the best we can with it. And and I really believe that God will honor that, and he will be glorified. So that's where I stand on that right now. I don't know. Your prayers are appreciated. So many of you have been praying, and it means more to me than, than you will ever know. I've had some letters. I've had some phone calls from from some people that I know and even some listeners that mean the world to me that you care enough about little old me and this little radio program that I put out each day. Now, it could mean some changes, at least temporarily, in how the program may be done, if there's anything that I need to reschedule in my life. And so kind of work with me on that and pray for me. I still look at some of the projects that I have started that are getting near fruition, some that were put on the back burner temporarily, but I need to move them forward again. I've been working on this 
very simple, very basic online audio platform. And I know there are a lot of better offerings than what I'm putting together. But for what I'm trying to do, I think there is a need. I'm not trying to be the big online radio station with hundreds of thousands of of listeners. Just those that God would steer my way. And and at the moment, what's on my heart and mind are essentially three formats to begin with. Two different music formats you can't find anywhere anymore that are all Christian. And even a talk and teaching channel, and I have a name for it, and I'll be telling you about that very soon. And, And I want this to be a platform for what I call the lesser heard voices. There, look, I'm not... There are a lot of great ministries out there, a lot of big ministries out there, and they they dominate. Yet God has raised up a lot of people that need to be heard. And, and I want to provide a, a place for their programs to be heard. That's simple. A place where some great teachers and men of God can be heard each and every day, either in a radio-styled format or even on demand. And I want to work with those that are being led and called into such ministries to help them develop their own. We're coming into a time that we need vastly more voices than we have today in order to get the word out. Just look here in the United States. And by the way, for those that listen, and I know the weekend program is aired internationally in other countries. Don't believe most of what you hear about the United States from your mainstream media or ours. Those people will be delighted to lie to you any opportunity they get. We are at a crossroad. Our democracy is not being threatened. A political ideology that is anti-God, anti-family is in danger. And they're not going to go down without a fight. And even if they do go down, they will use the power that they contain in the deep state to come after their enemies. I I predict here in the United States that the Department of Justice will be weaponized even more than it ever has been over the next two years in retaliation to the American people if they should lose the House and the Senate and some governorships and some state houses. You can, you can take that one to the bank. We, we've come to a point in the United States that we are either at or about to be at the point of no return. Anybody that's ever flown an aircraft, and I have a, a couple of pilot friends that listen to this program. One is a commercial pilot who will tell you that there's a place on the runway called the point of no return. You either are going to go airborne or you're going to run into something and run out of runway. The United States either is right at or about to go past the point of no return. And and that troubles me and it concerns me. And And I've watched this process develop over 50 years. And it gets worse and worse with each passing day, week, and month. 
There are people in the United States, they claim to be Christians, but they will vote for these pro-abortion candidates because they may have some other selfish interest. And so they just dismiss that from their mind. They just block it out. Well, there's nothing we can do. And I like this guy's policies on. There are some issues that I've come to conclude in my ministry as a pastor, as a person that studies the word of God. There are some things when it comes to public policy now, I want, to, I want to say something here to clarify, because this comes up from time to time. There are a lot of people out there in every political party that have many personal moral failings. As long as they're not forcing me to participate in their moral failings, that's not a prerequisite to dismiss that individual as, as a candidate. Even the Bible talks about well, admiring some of the ungodly for being effective in what they do. It is when when your faith and your family is threatened by policy, you have to take a stand. And I remind people that say, well, until we get the right candidate, I'm just going to stay home. With an attitude like that, you will help this country go down the tubes rapidly, and you are a part of the country's decline. We vote in the United States for the person closest to our ideals, and I always start out, what threat is this individual to my family, my faith, and even my job. Then you could even add the nation's security. And if the overall policies are beneficial and they're not a threat to my faith, my family, then that person stands a very good chance of getting my vote. They don't have to believe in terms of theology identically to me. But there are some non-negotiables, non-negotiables, and it doesn't matter what party you're in. I will never vote for a pro-choice Republican, ever, ever. Tulsi Gabbard, who now has left the Democrat Party, who's endorsing Republicans, is still a pro-choice individual. And if you cannot understand protecting the least of these, if you cannot understand that Moloch, Moloch worship is infanticide, which is you know killing in the womb in this case in, in modern days, if you cannot make that, that distinction, then I don't think you have any, you should not be allowed to serve because it will taint everything you ever do. And I made this clear, don't, don't be taken in. Oh, she's one of us now. Well, she just got away from some of the super craziness of her own party. But she still doesn't think you should have a gun. She still thinks that abortion is fine. And and many of these issues, even when it comes down to eventually the First Amendment, freedom of religion and speech, are up for debate. Now, to give you an idea, change gears here a little bit. 
And I'm sure many of you have seen this story. And I'm going to share just a little bit and, and a few of my thoughts. Because I want to take you a little bit behind the headline. Now, a lot of people saw that there was a college in Connecticut that removed two versions of an American flag from a dormitory window. And, and the claim being made was, well, you know, these, these any kind of flag or any kind of sign, they're against the school's rules. You can't do it. And to show you how far we as a nation have declined from our founding, this is Trinity College in Connecticut. Trinity College. Interesting name for a, a college. I wonder why they have that name. It's because like many of the colleges and universities in the United States that have been around for a long period of time. Many of these schools were founded based on Christian faith and principle. In fact, the motto essentially for Trinity College is for church and country. Did you hear what I just said? Trinity College in Connecticut, their motto is for church and country. How far have they fallen when now it's all about diversity, transgenderism, gay rights? Anything strange coming down is what they celebrate. Anything traditional, they they condemn. And so Trinity College in Connecticut removed two versions of the American flag, but they're allowing students to continue to post gay pride and their transgender pride flags. It's a double standard. And I've watched the video. I've seen the news stories. And the schools, you know, it's a private college. I get it. It's a, it's, it's a private school. They can have their own rules, but you can't have rules for one and not the other. See, the dean said the flags were taken down because some students were offended by them. Now, let me think of now. Say, wait a minute. So some student was offended by the American flag in some college student's window. And they were so offended, they demand the school take it down. Now, listen, if I'm a student and I'm offended by a rainbow gay rights flag or a trans flag, will they take it down? Of course not. They never will. They'll tell me that. I'm just not loving or understanding and I need to be, get my mind right. So many of these formerly once outstanding institutions of higher learning, science, and yes, even theology have gone apostate, have thrown away their foundation. They've rejected the gospel which they claim to support and have bought into another gospel that is pure heresy. Harvard University, Yale, Princeton, all of them started out as theological schools. They were not just secular schools. Some of the greatest pastors and evangelists in the United States came out of these colleges and universities 
But now those colleges and universities are an anathema to the faith. They have rejected their own foundation and that they substituted something vastly more dangerous. Now, you, you hear me use the term on this program, and, I, and like I say, this is the weekend program, and I want to give you some hope before the day is over. Our country is in trouble. The United States has an election that may or may not buy us some time. And I will remind you again and again and again and again. Those in power right now that are promoting transgenderism, child mutilation, not informing parents, pushing, you know, the idea of men dressing as women in front of little children. Why does a man need to dress and dance in front of little children like he's a woman? There's something inherently sick and evil about that. But we're supposed to now accept it. I mean, we have to accept this. And there's a party that keeps coming up with more and more weirdness to divide us. And by division, they seek to control you and I. Now, in Canada, I've noticed there that the that they're trying to pass a bill again. About a year or so ago, there was a bill, I think it was a C-10, that was going to seek to control content of programming, not just on radio and television, but this, in a broader sense, would be anything on the YouTubes and, and anything on a website that could be visible in Canada, where they would have the authority to, to take it down if they don't like it or call it disinformation. Notice a lot of what they claimed was disinformation a year ago actually was true and still is. Well, that bill went down in flames, but it's back. And this time it's CT or C11. And in or no C you know C twelve and it's 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 back and they're going to try to ram it through, and to give authority, you know that means a program like this one, on a website in Canada could be taken down in Canada. Why do you think I like shortwave radio? We can get across that Canadian border, and I doubt if they will make a big effort to try to you know block the broadcast. But something they can do in controlling the internet, they will. I'll use the internet as much as I can, but I also recognize it does also have its limitations. Now, one of the things we need to also recognize here in the United States, we know that many of the colleges and universities that used to be, quote, Christian or had Christian roots have abandoned those roots. I can think of several that I know of personally that are no longer subscribing to the Christian faith. It's in their history, and now it's a history they reject. Trinity College is one. I can think of a dozen others. Public education has been co-opted. Our children are being targeted. The those that want to stay in power are, are reducing themselves to threats and lies. I know that politicians have always been, shall we say, a little bit less than truthful. 
but they're going to to a place I've never seen before. Here in the United States, yeah, Republicans are going to take away your Social Security, your Medicare, and make you starve. They've been saying that since Reagan. It, it never happened. It never will happen. Anybody with at least a tiny bit of common sense understands one thing. Social Security and Medicare are the you know third rail of politics. Touch it and mess with it, you're gone. So they, they bring that lie out when they're in total desperation and they have no conscience to the lies they will share to remain in power. See, there's a danger right now in the church. The apostates have moved into so many churches and they, I know they've, they've always tried to be there. They have been there to some degree, but with the prevalence of social media, the influence they have today is like a cancer and it is spread and it is more important than ever to recognize the marks of these apostates. Now that's a person. I want you to understand what this really means. An apostate is a person who at one time knew and maybe even taught the truths of the Bible but have now walked away. They've rejected it. They are now bringing in false heresies, teachings, and doctrines into the church. This is just like Trinity College in Connecticut. They are now apostate. They have walked away from their original mission. If you read the book of Jude in the scripture, you can see some of this pointed out. You'll find that apostates are ungodly. They act ungodly. They are morally perverted. Oh yeah, let's 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 have gay marriage. You know, homosexuality and premarital sex, it's just fine. They're no longer calling people to repentance. They're talking about prosperity. You see that you see that a lot in some of the word of faith. I hate to say it. You'll even find many apostates who deny Christ. They deny Christ. They deny the flesh. They deny the virgin birth. They deny the resurrection. They're very rebellious against what the word of God says. Apostates are oftentimes ignorant about what the scripture says on any particular topic. They have vain ideas. And all of their ideas lead to self-destruction. And there's arrogance within them. And they're arrogant against God. I see this in so many churches today where they have abandoned the faith once delivered. They've come into a new, they're, by the way, they mock. They'll mock real, they'll mock true Christians. Look down upon them. And God will, be, will not be mocked. Let me tell you in, in no uncertain terms, don't think that God will be allowed to be mocked. And they cause divisions. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them. Let me make it real clear. One of the projects that I want to do, and it really has a multi-purpose. It's not just the radio ministry, not just this program. In my position within my church denomination, I'm a leader. And I'm helping plant churches in other parts of the country. But I'm also looking at planting one right here literally in my own backyard. 
there is a building that I can use. And the price is extremely affordable. It is an actual church building. And it's not so much just that it'll be a local church in a local area, but I can use that church in developing material to put out on this radio program and other platforms and encourage others to do the same. The church, I believe, at some point here, even in the United States, the true church, not the woke church, not the, not the transgender church, will be forced back underground. It'll be back in the catacombs before long. True believers will be hated, despised. Only those that have, that have decided to accept and embrace a false, phony, fake, and damnable gospel or heresy will be allowed to practice their religion. That's what it's coming down to. And so while there's a window of opportunity, and that window is like now, All of us need to do all that we can do to, number one, support the church that we are in. To let others know about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't hide your light under a bushel barrel. Don't keep it all to yourself. Don't hide behind your four walls. Take the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit to the streets. Don't compartmentalize your life. Don't believe that, well, I have a secular life over here and my my church life on Sunday for an hour is over there. No, the two are intertwined. The two can never be separate. And while there are times you're choosing between the lesser of two evils, remember, we have an obligation to elect those that at least come closest to our values whenever possible as long as they're not crossing certain lines. And I've made mine very clear. I know that everybody that I I will vote for on Tuesday, they may not believe like I do. Some may not even be believers, but at least their policies are not going to threaten the life of the church, this ministry, or my family. And if you stay home, and evil continues in power, then it's your fault. Look in the mirror. Blame yourself. Don't blame everybody else. Don't say, well, I couldn't find a candidate. Yes, you could if you wanted to. And Satan counts on people like that to get more of his people in. So I'm going to ask you right now, before we go to this break, This program is designed, as I've been saying the last couple of days, to inform, encourage, teach, equip, and edify. And yes, overall, in doing that, to bring more people into the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. In all the projects that I'm doing, number one, I need your prayers for health, to be sustained, to have the strength to get through it all, and that God raises up people to assist in the process and eventually take over some of this stuff. We need to keep on shortwave. It is to me the most powerful medium that we have that a lot of people are not using. And God is bringing people to that radio band. And they are listening. 
Many find us on Shortwave Listen as a podcast, but know they can go back to listen on Shortwave if the plug gets pulled on the podcast. So that's wonderful. I want to expand that as much as I can to reach as many as I can, but I can't do it without your your prayers and your help. And so I'm just beseeching you now. Would you consider a gift? Maybe it's the first time you've ever done this to support this work. If you can help us out, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That is Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address for Ancient Word Radio is Post Office Box 510. That's Post Office Box 510. And we are in Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. I'll give that address again in just a moment. By the way, you can go to our website, which is Truth the number two ponder.com that's truth the number two ponder.com you can also see one of the things i'm working on right now and that can be found at ancientwordradio.com that's ancientwordradio.com it's still a work in progress a lot of things yet to be done but you can go take a peek if you'd like and remember our website truth the number two ponder.com for those that prefer to give online you can actually do it through a Christian group called Give, Send, Go. But if you prefer to use the mail, you can mail your gift made payable to Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. In Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, Virginia. Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. Three, one, nine. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The power of looking up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn. Your Jewish connection bring you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In Acts 7, it speaks of the Sanhedrin that was surrounding the apostles or the disciples, Stephen. And as they were gnashing their teeth, furious, they're about to throw stones. They're about to, about to really stone him to death. But it says he, he was full of the Holy Spirit. He looked up to heaven and saw glory. It's a fascinating thing here. Imagine all that going on. I mean, imagine imagine if you were in front of the Sanhedrin and, and you're like on trial. And they're your enemies. They're all against you. A whole murderous mob gnashing their teeth, ready to kill you, full of anger, ready to get stones. And your life is, is at stake. And you're not even looking at them. But you're looking up to the glory of God. That's exactly what Stephen did. How? Well, because it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the same power he gives you because the Holy Spirit is for you. The power to look up when all else is going on. The, one of the greatest powers you have in life is the power to look up in the middle of the problem, middle of everything against you. Instead, to look up. You see, when everything's happening, you're going through problems. You're going through, it's so easy. It's so tempting to just dwell on the problems every moment. And that's wrong. You're not going to solve it that way. Look up. The Spirit of God gives you the power to look up because far more than happening, what's happening around you and your problem is what's happening above it. God is happening above it. You got the Spirit? You want to walk in the Spirit? Then be a person like Stephen of the Spirit. Look up. 
Get into looking up every day. Look up. Look above it. Look over it. Look to him in all things. Lift your eyes off your problem and onto him. And you too will shine with his glory with the face of an angel. Want more? Ask for a guide for the spirit-filled life on CD. Now, imagine being plugged into a special line that you know on future events, news behind the news, biblical prophecy, and what you need to know as an end-time believer and teachings and strength for every day of your week. Sapphires, free gift subscription, plus the mystery of the temple doors on CD. You'll love it. All free. How do you get it? Just remember Jesus, real Hebrew name, Yeshua. Write it down and dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me to reach the world. Imagine blanketing the earth with salvation, with the gospel, when you can, through shortwave radio. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks the farthest way you could ever touch the world. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's why E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. The address is The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Echem. Look up, my friend, to Messiah, HaKavod Elohim, the glory of God. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I want to welcome you back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. And I've got something in a couple of minutes I want to share with you that I think you're going to find encouraging. And I try at least once a week, if not more, to give you something to encourage you, to challenge you, to help you in your day-to-day life. And I have that in just a moment. I just want to continue on something I was saying as we were going into our break today. I really believe we live in a time where we have this limited opportunity coming our way here in the United States. Look, let's be honest, in so much of the world today, once formerly Christian nations have gone apostate, the majority of the population, vast majorities, enormous majorities, are no longer involved in anything that resembles any kind of religion, let alone Christianity. And those that do belong, many are belonging to these churches that are celebrating all manner of sin. True believers are in the minority. And the Bible was explicitly clear that as we come to these latter days, there's going to be a great falling away. But there are still those that need to hear the good news, that need to be bought into the household of faith. And that's why, from a human level, the idea of building a church, starting another church, someone could say, well, Bob, there are plenty of churches out there. You're right, there are. And I've looked at some of them, and what they teach is heresy. They're not teaching the same gospel that they taught 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 500 years ago. They have fallen far from that faith. They're an anathema. And they are to be shunned. They are to be ignored. And let God deal with them. We must still present the true gospel of Jesus Christ. That's that's the whole purpose of doing 
This radio program is not just about news. It's not just about the powers trying to control your life, how they're trying to take away your freedom of speech, how media can lie. I mean, this is part of what we do and we need to do. You need to be equipped to understand. Knowledge is power. And I want to give you knowledge and information. I wish I had a staff that we could get even more stories and, and get more into this hour that we spend together. So I just wanted you to understand that, that this is why we do this program. But there's a more important purpose, and it's far more than politics and the news. It has to do with things that are eternal. It has to do with things that are far beyond anything this world has to offer. One of the things that in my life, I came into ministry later in life. I mean, I started out as a radio announcer 50 years ago. Hard to believe that 50 years ago, I was spinning the hits. And I thought that would be my career, but God had other plans. Into engineering and then ultimately into ministry and even doing what I'm doing now. Now, I'm not some big name you, you find on all these radio stations. I'm just who I am, doing, but I'm doing what God called me to do. And God has called many to do many things, and that's why I keep talking about these platforms and, and helping. Even I saw a guy writing, he said, I live in a small town, have a handful of churches, but they've turned into clubs and cliques. We need a church that really believes and serves the Lord. I get it. I've seen it. I appreciate what he's saying. While we have time, we need to be found faithful in the vineyard that God has given us. You know, don't let anybody idly saying there's nothing that I can do. Here I am, Lord, send me, send me. That should be what that should be what we're saying. Now, I want to take you back about 5 years ago. And 5 years ago, I had taken a call to be an interim pastor at a small church. And and I took advantage of that time to be able to record the messages, not all of them, that we did there. And I've had a chance from time to time to use some of that material even on this radio program. And even another church or two that I have visited over the years, there's some recordings, not many. But I realized with this one church project that I'm trying to get off the ground, this would give a platform for more of the same kind of teaching. And even if it's not used on this particular radio program, it would have value elsewhere in God's kingdom. And so that's why this church project is so near and dear to my heart. Now, this message I'm about to share with you, it's not very long. It's a matter of matter of fact, it's quite short, but it was recorded five years ago. And so at that point, I'd, I was celebrating 45 years since I had gotten you know, a paying job at a radio station. And, and even, even to this day, there are times that I may have some radio station on playing some music from back in my high school and college years that transport me back for a moment as I, as I realized what life was like at that time. And to say in these last five years that we live in a very different world than we lived in five years ago is an understatement. We have changed immensely. And I'm afraid 
in most areas, not for the good. We need to surrender ourselves under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So let me take you back five years ago to the message that I preached. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Yesterday afternoon, after trying to get the house cleaned up a bit and getting things ready for today and in the travel, I put a radio on and just sat down for a few minutes. And a song came on the radio I hadn't heard in a really, really long time. And as I listened to this song for a few minutes, my mind was taken back to a radio studio in upstate New York where I began my on-air radio career. And this was one of the records in that first summer of playing that music. And I'm just listening to that song going, oh my Lord, that's 45 years ago. Where did the time go? And then I sat for a moment and said, you know, if I had played a 45-year-old oldie back in 1972, that would have been a song that came out in 1927. And I'm thinking, where has all this time gone? I look as I get ready to celebrate 20 years in ministry, I spent 25 years of my career outside of ministry. And God got a hold of me and pulled me toward him. And one of the things that really captured my heart and my mind and my spirit to serve him was watching what I considered this unraveling of the world around me. You know, the alarm bells are going off about the things we see in our world. But as I studied God's word and got deeper into his word, I learned something. Learned something very critical. The heart of mankind has never changed since we left the garden. We've always been kind of uh, bad people at times. I think the biggest difference today versus maybe 50 years ago is kind of simple. We, we kept it kind of covered up for appearances sake. Now we just don't care as a society. Things that we did in the darkness, we now celebrate in the light. And that's primarily the big difference today. But the heart of man is not changed. Jesus is talking to his disciples in this gospel lesson and face it, it's not a very encouraging sounding lesson to the human ear. Well, I don't come to bring peace. I, I come to bring a sword. Matter of fact, you know, I'm, parents are going to be at angst with their kids, mother-in-law, father-in-law. Just, it just shows this division. And you have to look at it and understand what Jesus is really trying to tell us. He's not coming to cause a rift per se. The rift is already there. It just becomes very self-evident. What he's trying to tell us is you need to seek me first above all others. 
above everything else. What is the number one thing that drives you? What is the number one thing that propels you through life? Is it what you want or what I have for you? Do you call on my name or do you call upon yourself? Do you call upon me to solve your problems or do you ask Siri to solve your problem? And this is where we are. And this is what Jesus is trying to make clear to his disciples is that, you know, when you follow me, you're not going to be popular. Let me say that again so that really sinks in. Those that are followers of Jesus Christ will never be popular in the world. Now, there are those, and I've met many of them, and I'm sure you have too, when it comes to, quote, things of the Lord, they talk a good game, but they don't really live the life. It's so easy to talk churchy. Easiest thing in the world to do. People do it all the time. And I've met people in my life, and I can look back at a time in my own life many years ago where I was a bit more cynical than I am today. Somebody, there's a crisis, and you have somebody that never goes to a church, has never submitted themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, but, oh yes, our thoughts and prayers go with you. And you have to ask yourself, when's the last time they ever really prayed? We say it as an expression. Yeah, I'm praying for you. But do we really pray every day? Do we really find even just a few minutes? Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane asked his disciples to watch and pray for one hour. They couldn't do it. I think many Christians today have a hard time finding five minutes a day, if that much, to spend in prayer. So I go back to where I started this sermon, looking back over these years, and the things that I've witnessed in my lifetime. Everything Jesus said in other parts of the book of Matthew, tied with what he's saying today, is simply playing out in his time before our very eyes. I made the comment not long ago that it's an amazing thing when you look back with all this great technology that we have, with all the ability to do the things that we can do, we're no more peaceful as a world than we were 30 years ago. 50 years ago, 100 years ago. <clears throat> the condition of the heart is unchanged. And as long as that heart is unchanged, all the technology in the world, all the food in the world will never cure the real true illness that encompasses us each and every day. Yeah, Jesus comes to bring the sword, to divide. But he also is coming to that point now that he's separating those that are called unto his name. As the Bible says, the day comes that he separates the sheep from the goats. There are those, and I'm going to finish on this thought. 
Jesus makes another interesting comment a little later on in the scriptures when he talks about that day when there are those that are standing in judgment and they'll say Lord we did all these wonderful things in your name we built a church we may have started a choir we may have done a fundraiser did all kinds of things in your name and Jesus will look at them and say I don't know you who are you it's one thing the gospel Jesus says you have to pick up that cross and follow me and I think that's the part that many don't want to do they don't want to be followers they just want to be participants huge difference if you were to take home the bullet point of today's message it's to determine as Jesus was saying to his disciples in this gospel lesson today he pointed out you're going to be not like for my namesake if you are in a church and everybody in town likes you I'd be a little bit concerned because we're not here to be loved by the world the world at essence hates us sometimes a little angst is not necessarily a bad thing you know I just had this pop into my mind I'm thinking about we may see this day we may not but in the book of Revelation there's a question asked who are those in the white robes just hundreds of thousands beneath the altar crying out those that are the ones that lost their life in the great tribulation for my name's sake I think if the truth were known and I've said this in many a church and I've had to challenge myself on this one so I'm just as equally having to deal with this all the time if somebody ran in that back door right now with a gun and said denounce your faith in Christ you can leave in peace hold on to his name die here we've never had to do that in this nation yet but in many parts of the world they do and I think that is what makes us what I call the fat and lazy church in America we come to church when it's convenient if it's not convenient it's the first thing we ditch we don't ditch our job we don't ditch our clubs we don't ditch anything else but we'll ditch church it's the easiest thing to let go yet it should be the most important thing that we do we got our priorities completely reversed and Jesus is saying to his disciples gotta take up that cross you gotta follow me don't take from me but follow me he's looking for followers for those that don't have the power to do it on their own he gives you that power by his Holy Spirit he's not asking you to do it you know salvation is a gift you can't earn it you just accept it make him number one in your life and watch how he works out all the other details I can look at a part of my life where I spent a number of years kind of like the prodigal son in the wilderness happy in my 
announcing job and all the accolades that came with it. Yet I have been raised to know better. And God got a hold of me, put me in a place, and then from that place called me to serve him. And it's something when I look back now, in spite of the difficulties, I, would, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's not easy, but it is worth it. Heavenly Father, teach us to understand what it means to be followers, not just participants. Open up our minds, our ears, and our eyes to, to hear, see, and receive from your Holy Spirit, to understand that difference. And Lord, if we find ourselves coming up short, forgive us. Bring us into that place and restore us. And when you brought us to that place, receive us. Use us because we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. That should be the prayer of all of those that claim the name of Christ, that we surrender all, not part, not just what's convenient, not just what we can spare, but we surrender all of our lives, every aspect of our lives under his dominion. 
we are his children and he loves us and he wants the best for us and there are times that we can be stingy with God as I say we can we compartmentalize too easily our, our faith life and our work life many people claim to know Christ but they really don't know him they call upon a name of someone they really don't know They've never surrendered their life, their careers, their marriages under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And and they wonder why life is sometimes not always what it should be. They live in fear. They have anxiety. Look, I'm going through, as many of you know, I said it earlier in the program, I'm going through something right now. I don't know what it's going to be. But I'm going to continue to be faithful. I'm not letting this be a life-determining situation with whatever this medical issue is that I'm dealing with. I'll know next week. And we go from there. But as long as I have breath, as long as I have voice, as long as I have strength, I will continue to do this radio program. I will continue to work on building a church. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to distrust even more. I'm going to surrender it all under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, period. And many that claim to be Christians have never surrendered under the Lordship of Christ our Lord. We want to be in the driver's seat. You know, there there was this bumper sticker, we've seen it. God is my co-pilot. That's some really bad thinking. If God is your co-pilot, it's time for you to switch seats. You're in the wrong seat. God is not your co-pilot. God is not your servant. God is not your handyman. God is not your genie in a bottle. God is your sovereign. God is your creator and your sustainer and your redeemer. And the church has failed miserably, I think, in recent years on proclaiming that particular message. It is time for us to be surrendered under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm going to ask you a favor. I haven't heard from you and some of you people in a long time. An email is a great way to reach me personally, and I'm not going to put you on an email list. The address is simple, bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. Bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. Would you let me know you listen and how? If you can help us financially or just want to drop me a card or letter, you can use the address P.O. Box 510 in Chilhowee, Virginia. Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. That's 24319. And if you're adding a check, make it payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And we'll see you next week. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.